You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms, episode 186, Helping Your Kids Connect with Someone You've Loved and Lost. Welcome to 3 and 30, a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. My mother passed away from breast cancer when I was 19 years old, and every year on her birthday, I try to do something special to honor and remember her. Well, on the day this episode goes live, Monday, June 14th, it is actually my mom's 66th birthday. So today's podcast topic of remembering our loved ones who've passed away feels so special and timely for me. And yes, I saved this episode for her birthday on purpose. Whether or not you've lost a parent, you've probably lost someone in your life who is special to you, a grandparent, or even a child, a spouse, or a sibling, or a treasured family friend. If you're anything like me, you may feel a yearning to keep that loved one close and to introduce your children to them in ways that are meaningful and long-lasting. I think today's episode will give you lots of ideas for how you can do that. I'm thrilled to be interviewing Dara Kurtz, a mother of two young adult daughters who also had the devastating experience of losing her mother to cancer when she was in her formative years. Having both lost our mothers, Dara and I are passionate about leaving a tangible legacy of love for our children, as well as making sure that our children feel connected to the loved ones who came before them. Dara is a blogger at crazyperfectlife.com, and she has written two books, including her most recent title, which is all about this topic, I Am My Mother's Daughter. I can't wait for you to hear from her today, and before we head into that conversation, I have a couple of reminders for you. First, did you know that I have a journal for moms specifically for the purpose of recording your beautiful moments with your children? It's called Flex of Gold, and when I was recording this episode with Dara, I thought about this journal because I really think it will be an heirloom we can pass on to our children as a love letter to them of all of our favorite moments that we had together. If this piques your interest, you can find out more at 3in30podcast.com slash flexofgold. Second, I am so grateful to this month's podcast sponsors, Jane.com and Bravery Magazine. Have you heard of Jane? Chances are you have since they recently celebrated their 10th birthday, which is a huge accomplishment. Jane is a highly curated online boutique marketplace, and for the past 10 years, they've been featuring products from thousands of small businesses, most of them female or family owned. And as a female business owner myself, this kind of support means a lot to me. Over 400 new products drop daily at amazing discounted prices, everything from apparel for the whole family to home decor to fun finds such as toys and novelty items. If you're looking for something fun to keep your kids busy this summer, they have constantly changing and updating offers on craft sets, outdoor swings, lawn games, educational toys, and so much more. You can check out the curated selection of my favorite things on Jane.com that I made just for 3 and 30 listeners at Jane.com slash 3 and 30. And while you're in there looking for your kids, grab something for yourself. They have the cutest summer t-shirts and shorts and sweats and skirts. So check it out and I'm sure you'll find something. That's Jane.com slash 3 and 30. Our second sponsor is Bravery Magazine, a company for families that I love for so many reasons, but here are just a few. First, bravery is empowering. Each issue of this beautiful magazine focuses on a real female role model and aims to empower kids to be their own kind of brave. Second, bravery is educational. It's full of STEAM-focused content and opportunities for hands-on learning that will keep your kids busy all summer. 
Third, bravery is a resource. It's a tool that parents, teachers, and caregivers can use to foster thoughtful conversations about important issues in an accessible, kid-friendly way. Fourth, bravery is diverse. Issues feature women from different backgrounds, experiences, ethnicities, and fields of interest. They're a great way to introduce kids to new topics and inspire them to try new things. And fifth and finally, bravery is fun. It's designed for all kids ages 6 to 12 with art activities and riddles and games and learning, and there's something for everyone in each issue. You can subscribe to never miss an issue going forward. This would be a great idea for a gift that keeps on giving for your child's birthday or holiday, and you can use the code 3 in 30 for 10% off. That's braverymag.com with the code 3 in 30 And now onto the show. This is how to help your children connect with a loved one who has passed away. Here we go. Dara, I'm so excited to talk with you. Welcome to 3 and 30. Hi, it's a joy to be with you today. Thank you for having me. Well, I am so grateful that you are going to help me honor my mom's birthday today. Mm. So this episode is airing on June 14th, which would have been my mother's 66th birthday. And every year I try to do something special. Her name was Sally. And so we call it a Sallybration on her birthday. And it, it kind of varies every year what we do. But when I read through your outline and your proposal to be on the show, I thought this would be a perfect Sallybration opportunity to talk with Dara about how we can honor and celebrate our loved ones who have passed away and connect them to our children. That's the key. We want our children to feel that they know these loved ones that have passed on. And you and I share that we both lost our mothers to cancer too young. And so I'm just so grateful to have you here. And can you tell us a little bit about your story with loss and how it's impacted you before we head into our takeaways? So my mom passed away a few weeks after I had my first daughter. I was 28 and my mom was my person. And I found myself in the space where I was thrilled to be a mom and absolutely devastated at having lost my mom. And I didn't know how to navigate that. At the time, we didn't have a lot of platforms where people were talking about grief and loss. And I was really one of the only people in my friend circle who had lost her mom. And so it was just a really devastating experience for me. And I always say that grief followed me around like my shadow because it was always there. It could bubble up at just the drop of a hat. I could be somewhere and something could trigger me and then it could just sort of all come tumbling out. But I did my best to sort of not deal with it, if you will, because I wanted to be that happy mom that I felt like my daughters deserved. And I was blessed to have another daughter. So I have two daughters who are now 21 and 18. But not having my mom to be there to travel through life with us has been one of the hardest things for me to, to make peace with. Yes. And oh, I relate. I lost my mom when I was 19. And I didn't know all the things that I wanted to ask her. I was just entering adulthood. I didn't have the questions to ask yet. And I really feel like my grief came to the surface stronger than ever after I had my babies. And that was almost 10 years later. But after I had my babies, it brought up all of this grief about not having a mother now that I was a mother and all the things that I wished that I had asked her. And new mothers feel so much vulnerability and so many emotions as it is when you add to it this loss. And for you to have had that loss be so close together, to have had the loss and then the new life come must have been a lot to manage emotionally. It, it was a lot. And, 
you know, I think you bring up such an important point because I didn't know the questions to ask my mom. I didn't know what I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And, and I think until you become a mom, you don't think about things that you want to know about your child or when did I do this or what stage was I? What was my favorite baby food? You know, blah, 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 all the things. Mm-hmm. And she wasn't there for me to ask those questions to. And it was always there. The reminder was always there. As my daughters grew, it was just the loss and yet another year that my mom wasn't here to see mm. all of the amazing things that my daughters were doing. And yeah. it was hard for me to make peace with that. Absolutely. Yeah. I didn't really start therapy about my mother's death until after I became a mom. That's when everything came out and I realized, oh, I have a lot I need mm-hmm. to work through. I remember even my little children needing me so much and having this emotional reaction of almost like, you guys can't need me this much because there's no guarantee that I will stay with you forever. And I realized, whoa, this is all connected back to losing my mom. And in order to bond well with these little ones, I have got to work through some of this. And I feel like I'm in a way better place than I was. So I'm hoping that this conversation today will be helpful for any other mom out there who has lost her mother and is grieving and trying to navigate that, but really for anyone who's lost anyone that they love and wants to keep their memory a part of their daily life and wants to introduce them to their children. And you have so many wonderful, concrete ideas for how to do that. And so why don't you just start in with our first takeaway? So it was really hard for me to try to find a way to connect my daughters to my mom. Mm. And it was incredibly important to me. And I noticed that as they got a little bit older, I didn't want them to just know my mom by looking at a picture. Mm. I wanted them to really know my mom. And so I really, really struggled with this. And so tip number one is celebrating your deceased loved ones and honoring them by bringing them into your daily life, bringing them into your life, your children's lives. And for us, I found the best way to do this was to look at things that my mom really liked doing and telling my kids about that while doing that activity. For example, my mom adored eating ice cream sundaes. It was something that was just kind of like her thing. And so every year on the anniversary of my mom's death, as well as her birthday, instead of a Sally celebration, as I think you called it. Mm-hmm. Celebration. Celebration. I love that. <laughs> we have hot fudge sundaes. And my kids didn't grow up having hot fudge sundaes after every meal. And so mm-hmm. it was a really big treat for us to have hot fudge sundaes. And look, let's face it, what child does not want to have ice cream sundaes? And so they got really excited about it. We would sit around the table. We would talk about my mom. I would share stories. Mm -hmm. But we really tried to make it a time where we remembered Grandma Terry. And that was my mom's name. And they knew that, you know, tonight is Grandma Terry's birthday and we're going to have hot fudge sundaes. But for people who maybe they lost someone who liked gardening, maybe the person really enjoyed hiking, maybe they liked a particular flower. You know, I think those are beautiful ways to bring and honor someone that you've lost into your child's life. Mm. And so, you know, let's say someone loves roses. Well, keep roses in your house and talk about them a lot. If someone really liked hiking, go on hikes and talk about that. I don't think it's just doing the activity. It's doing the activity while sharing fun, light, heartfelt stories about the person that you love and lost. 
Yes, so beautiful. And I think we can get so busy in our daily lives that having traditions specifically connected to certain dates can be helpful. Like on her birthday, we always do these things. Or I always write my mom a letter on Mother's Day every year. And it's really kind of become like an autobiography of my life throughout the last, she's been gone almost 19 years. But that Mother's Day is a trigger for me. That yeah. That's when I write my letter. And my son's birth mother actually passed away as well. And her birthday is June 16th. So just two days after my mom. So it's just like a special week of remembrance for us where we celebrate these birthdays. And she loved to make cakes and was an amazing cake decorator. And so even though that's not my gift at all, that's something fun that we do to remember her either on her birthday or even on my son's birthday. We make a fun, fancy cake in honor of Katie because she always made his birthday cakes before she passed away. I love that. And you know, it's all about intention. It's all about saying, okay, this is important to me. I want to honor and remember this person. And so I'm going to be intentional about searching for ways to bring that person into our daily life. And if you don't put intention there, it's not going to happen because like you said, life is busy and crazy and hectic and time will go by. But for me, I really wanted to connect the past with the present. I wanted to take my mom along with us as my kids got older. Yeah. And another thing I loved in your book, you mentioned that you would play the same bedtime game with your daughters with kissing. Your mom would kiss you and say that each kiss was a different flavor. And that is actually like we were saying, you know, celebrating the birthdays and stuff. That's more of an annual tradition you might do. But this daily tradition of putting them to bed and doing the game and saying to them and and making sure you tell them this comes from Grandma Terry. And for me, mine with my mom was the lullabies that I sing to my kids are the lullabies that my mom sang to me and that I imagine my children will sing to their children because you do that. Whatever your mom did, you do. <laughs> and exactly. so yeah. like, it feels so special to me to think that the songs my mom sang, and they're kind of random, were Edelweiss and Where is Love from Oliver mm, from the musical. And so that's what I sing to my kids and they know why. And it really brings my mom into our daily lives. And they definitely will do that with their kids. And it's a way for them to remember my mom did this, but her mom did this. And then hopefully one day their kids will do it. And what you're doing is you're creating a legacy of love from one generation to the next. Yeah. And I do think sometimes it takes a little bit of effort to remember, especially if your loved one has been gone a long time. So I recently read a book, Dancing at the Pity Party, which is also by a woman whose mother passed away. And I felt almost jealous of the amount of specific memories that she had about her mom. And it surprised me to feel that, but I just thought, I don't think I have this many specific memories of my mom and all the little things and the sayings. But then I realized she probably did a lot of brainstorming and talking to her sisters and her mom's sisters and her dad in order to compile all of that to put into the book. And there's no reason why I can't do that too. Even though I'm not writing a book right now, maybe I need to get together with my sisters and we all need to say, what were the funny things that mom said and did? And What did she love? And then we can start weaving them into our daily life. Just the other day, my sister said something that I hadn't thought about the saying since my mom passed away. But the minute she said it, I thought, oh my gosh, that was such a momism. But I had just forgotten it. So kind of bringing up and bringing those things into our daily lives. 
Absolutely. And I think sitting down with your sisters, besides thinking of things that maybe you haven't thought of in a long time, I think it would just be a really beautiful opportunity for the three of you to connect together and think about your mom Mm. and, you know, celebrate her at the same time. And definitely it'll trigger things that you forgot you knew, because I do feel like we all know more than we think we know. It's just sometimes gets buried inside of us because life gets in the way, but I feel like it's there. Yeah. And you had a really unique experience, which I think leads well into your second takeaway of finding a lot of this. Well, why don't you just tell us about your experience (laughs) and and tell us about your second takeaway? So second takeaway is all about letters, finding letters, using letters to honor the past. And it, it was really the 20th anniversary of my mom's death. I remembered because of a random sequence of events, which we can talk about, but I remember that I had a Ziploc bag of letters in my house and the letters were written to me the first time I went to sleepaway camp at age nine until I graduated from college. And they were mostly written by my mom and my two grandmothers. And sadly, all three of these women had passed away. And so I remembered that I had this bag just literally in the original Ziploc bag that I took to camp that first summer. And it was sitting in a drawer in my den. And finally, one night had the courage to open the bag and start reading the letters. I was blown away by how it changed my life. Reading those letters, I literally felt like I was having a conversation with my mom. Mm. I could feel her personality. I could hear her words. And it also gave me a much needed dose of her wisdom and timeless wisdom. And, And I was just blown away by the power of the written word in terms of helping you connect to people that you've loved and lost because the personality of my mom and my grandmothers was there. Some of the things that they said, um, the momisms, if you will. After that experience, I took all the letters out. There were over a hundred of them. I put them on the table in my office and I started sorting them. And I realized that there are three different kinds of letters. There's the just because letter, which most of them were just because letters, which is a letter that you write just because, because you're thinking about someone and you just want to share what's going on in your life. And I loved these letters the most because they allowed me to get to know my mom better because Mm. she was my age when she was writing a lot of these letters. She was raising her kids. She was raising me and she was raising my brother. And so it gave me that glimpse into what my mom thought about a lot of things while raising her kids that I wanted to ask her while Mm. I was raising my kids, but I never could because she wasn't here. And a lot of those were the letters while you were at camp, right? Yeah. They were all letters written while I was at camp. And so they were like updates on what she was doing while you were away. Updates, what she was doing. She would talk about, I went to the pool or I went to aerobics class and it's so important. And then I went with my friends and she was also getting her master's degree. And so she talked a lot about balancing a family, work balance, life balance, and just her thoughts on all of those things. And it was amazing. Yeah, it was a treasure. And then there's the special occasion letter, which is a letter that's written to honor and mark a special occasion, maybe a wedding or a graduation, a christening, a bar mitzvah. And then the legacy letter, which is a letter that's written to be read when someone passes away. And my mom did write a legacy letter to me that my dad gave me the morning of her funeral. But the whole experience of having these letters and really connecting to the past 
made me realize the power of letters and how important it is to take the time to write letters to the people we love and care about now, because we are creating things that can be passed on to future generations. Mm. I hope that I'm here for a really long time, but I've made sure after this experience to write my daughter's letters. And I know that they're going to have those letters and maybe they'll share those letters with their kids one day. And my daughters were able to sort of read these letters that we have from the beautiful women that really raised me. And they were able to get a glimpse into who these women were a little bit more than just looking at a picture or you know, watching maybe a, a very short clip of a wedding, if you will. They were able to kind of get to know them better as well. And so the power of the written word is something that I'm incredibly passionate about because I just have experienced firsthand how valuable it is to take the time to tell the people that you love and care about how you feel through the handwritten word and and how important it is. Mm. And I often say, I think you hit on something great there when you said, I hope I'm around for a long time, but it's still worth it to me to write these letters because I often say that I'm very passionate about journaling. And I think one of the reasons why is because I wish my mom had journaled, but I always say to people, even if she were still living, I know I would love to read her insights of what she was like as a young mom, what she was like when she was at my stage of life. Because even if she were still living, she would have forgotten a lot of that stuff. Yes, exactly. So we could go back together and we could look at those journals. And you had a very special type of journal combining letters with journaling with your daughters. Can you tell us about that? So when my daughters were young, I really wanted to find a way that we could connect, that we could share. And sometimes there was emotion involved in talking. And so I created what I called the mother-daughter journal. And really what I did is I went to TJ Maxx and I bought journals for each of my daughters. They were really young. They were in elementary school at the time. And we sat down and I said, you know, this is going to be so fun. Mommy-daughter journals. You're going to have one for each of you. And I would write to them and I would put it on their pillow at night And then they would read it when they maybe came home from school, they would read it. And then they would write back to me and put it on my pillow. Mm. And there were no rules. So it's not like they felt like, oh, well, mommy gave me my journal, so I have to get it back to her. Because Mm. I didn't want it to be any kind of pressure. pressure. It, It didn't need to become yet another thing that we had to do. I wanted them to know that if they had something that they wanted to talk to me about, but they didn't want to talk to me face-to-face using words, Mm. maybe writing it in a journal would be a way to do that. And also, I wanted to find a way to kind of boost their self-esteem a little bit, maybe build them up if there was something that I felt like we needed to work on with them. But I knew if I was writing it, they were going to read it versus me saying something (laughs) to them, which sometimes maybe would go in one ear and out the other. And so I had completely forgotten about these journals. And then my daughter, Zoe, was about to go back to school. She was in my room. She opened up a drawer. We just happened to find these mommy-daughter journals, and we were blown away because it was literally like walking back into time, I could hear the voice of little Zoe. I could hear the voice of young mom Dara. And so it was amazing. And then that's really what caused me to think, gosh, I wish I had something like this for my mom. I wish I could could hear my mom's voice. And that's really what caused me to remember, wait a second, Dara, you do. You have a bag of letters from camp sitting mm. in your den and you haven't ever read them. So it was really incredible because it all happened around the 20th anniversary of my mom's death. And I felt like 
I was ready to receive all of that at mm. that time. Whereas if this had happened like 20 years ago, I was probably so in the middle of all the grief, it would not have impacted me the way it did this time. Yeah. That's so special and so powerful that finding something that you had shared with your daughter. So this was, she was leaving to go back to college when you she found, was, yeah. and it reminded you, oh, I do have things from my mom. Yeah. And that's powerful within this takeaway. We want to say, write your letters, but also find your letters Yeah. because some people might think, well, I don't have a Ziploc bag full of letters from my loved ones. I don't, I wish my mom wrote so much more than she did. She never kept a journal, but I know I have some letters and I need to find them. They're tucked away. They're in memory boxes and I need to get in there and find, even if she didn't leave me a ton, she left me a few things that I can read and treasure and learn from her. People always say after they hear my story, they're like, I am going to take like three hours and go through my whole entire house and open all the drawers because yes, we do have things Mm -hmm. that get stuck here and there and we forget about them. I was doing an event and a woman said, and I thought this was a beautiful idea that I just want to share quickly with your audience, but her son was about to have a child, her first grandchild. And she said that she was going to start writing a letter every year on the grandchild's birthday. And she was going to send the letter to her son and she was going to buy a special little wooden box for the letter to go into the box. And she was going Mm -hmm. to do that every year on her grandchild's birthday. And then when the grandchild graduated from high school, she said, hopefully I'll be alive when my grandchild graduates from high school. Then I want to be able to give my grandchild this box of 18 letters So special. Isn't that amazing? Mm. I thought that was just such a beautiful idea. Yeah. And you know, my dad does that for my children and Mm. he always writes them a letter about what they're like and how he loves them. And it's fairly short, but so special. And I keep them. I have them all in a little binder for him and such a treasure to have that from any parent, any loved one in a child's life. So write your letters to your loved ones and find your letters that you have somewhere in your house I feel like a common thread through all three of your takeaways when I read your book, I kept thinking is that we just need to slow down. We might think I don't have time to write letters to my kids. I don't have time to find my letters. I don't have time to build these traditions, but what is life for? Life is for relationships and time scarcity is robbing us of the joy of life and our relationships if we think we don't have time to build these connections with the people that we love that will last. Absolutely. And you know, if you think, oh, my kids are teenagers, they're not going to care, or my kids are young, is it really going to matter? I assure you it's going to matter because I recently went into my 18-year-old daughter's room and she has a lot of little yellow stickies and things that I've been writing her throughout the pandemic saved in a special little spot. And So our kids, they want to receive things from us. They want to receive positive love letters, if you will, telling Mm. them how much we care about them. So never discount it. And you're right. It's not about time. It's about really, I believe, intention. But that gets me to my third takeaway. And I love this one, which is all about food. So we can't (laughs) discount the role that food plays in our lives. But I think food is a really beautiful way to honor the past by using the recipes that our loved ones really made for us. And maybe they were known for a specific recipe. And I really have tried to bring recipes that my grandmothers and my mom used, maybe that their moms used for them and carry that into my kids' lives. And I love nothing more than when my daughter says, mom, will you make grandma Millie's chicken for dinner? Because 
to me, she is maybe not even realizing it, but we're honoring my grandmother when she says that. And I'm using the same dish. When my grandmother passed away, I got her casserole dish. Wow. I know. I remember my dad was like, why do you want the casserole dish? But she loved cooking so much. And I literally make her chicken in this casserole dish that was hers. And I know that my daughters one day will make Grandma Millie's chicken for their kids. And mm. I, I just think we cannot discount the importance of making sure that we find the recipes that have meaning to us. We all have special recipes, our favorite recipes that we've had as children. Find those recipes, write them down, make sure that you have them, and then make them for your kids and talk about the people that taught you the recipe because it's just such an incredible way and fun to bring in the past. My grandmother, Margaret, always made what she called Hirsch cookies, and that's my maiden name. And they were just sugar cookies with green sprinkles on top. And mm. she always made Hirsch cookies. It didn't matter what event, what my family was doing. She always brought a tin of Hirsch cookies. Well, guess what? We don't have the recipe to those Hirsch cookies. Mm. And we've all tried to recreate mm. it, and we can't. And that's just a perfect example of... Don't assume that you're going to have the recipe. Put a little bit of intention there. Make sure, write it down, get it from her and anyone else that you love and care about that has a special recipe. Because when she passed away, that recipe died with her. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's devastating. Yeah, definitely. And I think that if you're not in a really culinary family where you don't have a lot of these recipes, you can research your family history if you know that. And think, you know, I know my grandparents were from this place. And so even though I don't know what specific recipes they made, I can connect with my culture by finding recipes and learning how to make these foods from my family history. I also think that things that aren't super gourmet count. It doesn't have to be hard. <laughs> yeah. It's really not about being hard. I totally agree with you. Yeah. And also you can make your own traditions. You can create your new traditions. Like we started Waffle Wednesdays when my kids were really young. And that was just basically me taking a waffle mix. <laughs> but we had fun toppings and they knew on Wednesday they were going to have a waffle. And hopefully one day, you know, that'll be a tradition that they'll share with their kids. So yeah. Definitely. Food is something we all eat, right? Yes. We all eat many times in a day. And it's a beautiful way to bring the past into the present mm. and hopefully even carry over into the future. Yeah. I was thinking about my mom who was never a great cook. I don't know if she just didn't appreciate it and didn't like to cook or if it was because she was sick. So my mom was okay. diagnosed when I was six with breast cancer. Then she went in and out of remission and she passed away when I was 19. And so I think a lot of times, like, maybe she like just didn't have the energy to do the yeah. same kind of cooking that, you know, maybe some other women did. But my mom loved brownies, mm -hmm. like from a box, you know. So usually as part of our celebration, we will make boxed brownies. And beyond that, even my dad tells a story and he actually told it at her memorial service about when they were newlyweds and they had another couple over for dinner and my mom made dessert. She made a pan of brownies, but she went and it was a nine by 13 pan. She cut it into fours and put the brownies on dinner plates I love <laughs> and, this. and brought it out and thought it was completely normal that like 
people would eat a plate-sized brownie. Yeah. <laughs> and all of them were like, uh, but he told that at her memorial service about how she loved chocolate and she had the sweet tooth. And everybody laughed at her service. And now I can tell my kids that story. And it's the one time each year when I will cut the nine by 13 into fours and be like, go at it, kids. We are eating massive brownies on dinner plates tonight in honor of Grandma Sally. I love that so much. I mean, it's kind of like the ice cream sundae. Yeah. It, it's really your ice cream sundae. And I mean, how cool. I love that so much. Yeah. Grandma Sally's special dessert. It may not be fancy, but it's totally her. So, well, thank you, Dara. This has been so lovely to reminisce and to talk about our moms and the memories that really make us who we are. These women made us who we are. And when I read your book, I felt that so strongly, both of your grandmothers and your mom. And we're all so woven together. So woven together, yeah. My daughter is named Sally, which I love. I named her after my mom. And my husband's mom is named Sally as well. So she is named after both of her grandmas, which is so, so special. And these legacies, this legacy goes on. And I know there's a lot of moms who listen to this show who are in a phase of motherhood that may be really tough. And they may not realize the impact that they are having on their children and how important the love that they're giving their children is. But I can see it through the legacy my mom left me. I know you can see it, that it matters the way we love our children. And just thank you so much for sharing that message. And do you have any final words you want to add before we end? I I think that was so beautifully said. I mean, every single day, the way we parent our kids, if we do it through the lens of love, Hmm. we can't go wrong. You know, it's not about being perfect. It's not about, you know, checking off everything on our to-do list. It's about, at the end of the day, just loving our kids unconditionally, fully, and making sure they know how much they're cared for. And I don't think we can do anything wrong if we do it with that. Yes. Oh, amen. Well, thank you so much for your time today and for helping me to honor my mom. Mm. And thank you for coming on 3 and 30. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Happy birthday to my wonderful mother. I hope this episode gave you some ideas of ways that you can incorporate more of the people you've loved and lost into your daily life with your kids. Here's a recap of our three takeaways. First, create traditions around what your loved one liked to do. These can be traditions every year on their birthday or other meaningful holidays, but you should also be looking for ways to weave little traditions into your everyday life, such as singing your kids the same lullabies or playing the same bedtime games or using the same funny sayings or idioms. My mom always asked for the same Mother's Day gift every year. She wanted our help planting her flower pots and gardens, so on the weekend of Mother's Day, that's what our family did. I live in a mountain town where it's typically not quite warm enough yet to plant flowers on Mother's Day, but I'm thinking this could be a good tradition to do with my kids on my mom's birthday. I always think of my mama when I see a pot of geraniums and petunias. Those were her flowers, and I can tell my kids about that while we are planting. Second, write your letters and find your letters. I love the powerful story of Dara finding over 100 letters from her mother and grandmothers. I mean, what a treasure. In an era where we may be more likely to send our kids a text when they're away at summer camp or college than write them a letter, we need to be deliberate about leaving them something tangible and handwritten behind, even if that means prioritizing the time to do that. You might write your kids every year on their birthdays or write them a love letter on Valentine's Day. You might want to start a parent-child journal in a notebook like Dara did, or there's actually a beautiful one created by Promptly Journal. It's their parent-child connection journal, and I will link that in the show notes. 
or you can track your golden moments with your kids in my Flex of Gold journal. There are so many options for doing this, but I really do believe that a handwritten legacy heirloom something to show your kids about your love for them will be super meaningful to them. And don't forget to find your letters from the people you've loved and lost. You might not have them waiting for you in a Ziploc bag like Dara did, but if you do some digging in old boxes or drawers or even in your old email inbox, I bet you can find some treasures. I recently went back to my old Hotmail account and I found some emails that my mom sent me when I was a freshman in college. I mean, so special. Third and finally, use food and family recipes to build connection. Make your loved ones' favorite foods and talk about them. You can even name certain dishes after those loved ones and pass that name down for generations. For me, that would be Granny's Orange Rolls and Grampy's Caramels. And though I don't think I can say Grandma Sally's boxed brownie mix, I can still make these every year on her birthday to remember her with my kids. Foods can be such a fun and special unifier. My friends, losing loved ones can be so painful, and that's because we loved them so much. I hope that the ideas in this episode can bring you peace and healing as you bring that special person into your everyday life and introduce him or her to your children. I know this has helped me tremendously over the past almost 18 years since my mama passed away. As always, please know that I am rooting for you. I know that you can get through whatever it is that you are carrying and facing right now, and I hope that you have a meaningful week with your family.